The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. All right, now to geopolitical news. Ukraine is taking center stage at the European Leaders' Summit over in Brussels. Now, leaders from the 27 EU countries are meeting to discuss increasing Ukraine's defense capabilities, as well as the latest internal unrest inside Russia. For more, we are joined now by Oksana Markarova, Ukrainian ambassador to the United States. Madam Ambassador, thank you very much uh, for joining us. What do you want to see from the summit? What do you want? What kind of commitment do you want from the West? Thank you for having me. It's always good to be back on Bloomberg. For me, as former Minister of Finance, uh, this is a very uh, natural place to be. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, th this summit is yet another opportunity for us to discuss with our European family as a candidate country now about what can we do together to get to just peace faster. And actually, the ask remains the same. More weapons, more support to Ukraine, more sanctions for Russia, and of course, we will be also discussing uh, our path to European Union and uh, which again we're implementing all the reforms in very difficult areas including the justice reforms and others in order to faster become member of the European Union. Well, I know uh, when there was the uh, summit in London, there was the proposal from the EU 50 billion euros spread out over four years. H how does that amount sound to you, Oksana? Is that an acceptable amount? Should it be more? Well, first of all, we are very grateful, and it's one of the greatest outcomes of this conference that we have heard loud and clear this commitment for four years, and frankly, that Ukraine will be included in the European budget uh, for four years. Of course, uh, uh, we all hope that this sum will be front-loaded, and as you know, we are in the IMF program right now. Uh, we just concluded a very productive visit of our Minister of Finance to Washington, D.C. Uh, unfortunately, again, we still need a lot of support. This year, the Ukrainian budget is fully funded. Uh, we are discussing 2024 now, and that will require all of our friends and partners, including all G7 countries, to help us to go through 2024, uh, regardless of where we are on the battlefield and how fast we will win. There is no mm -hmm. question already in our mind that we will. So uh, thank you to the European Union. Thank you for taking a lead in it. We look forward to discussing with our American colleagues, uh, what kind of uh, direct budget support in addition to security assistance we will be able to receive and other G7 partners. And again, yes. we look forward to doing everything on our own and get back to business, get back to recovery as soon as possible and becoming self-sustainable. But right now we still need, before we win, uh, assistance from our friends and allies in order to get to that victory. Madam Ambassador, uh, I hear your message. We need help now. We'll be okay later. And definitely the idea that we're, we're united with the West. I, I, I can hear you saying that over and over. And I'm wondering then how the events that have unfolded in Moscow help that case. How, how, how are you capitalizing on that in the narrative that you're spinning right now? Well, first of all, what we have seen during this weekend was something that we have been saying all along this very difficult 490 days, that regime in Russia is very weak. It's a typical autocracy that is not based on 
a power of democracy, on support of the people. Uh, it's it's just based on the power uh, grab and struggle and all the horrific uh, uh, aggressive wars that Kremlin is waging on Ukraine since 2014, since 2022, but also on Georgia and other places, you know. So I think after this events on Sunday, everyone has seen what we have been saying that actually there is no support, that there is so much internal infighting, and that if any country is a failed state, it's not Ukraine, as Russia was trying to convince everyone during the previous 30 years. It's actually Russia. So we have to keep the focus. We have to double down on everything we can do to liberate Ukraine now, to restore our territorial integrity and sovereignty within recognized borders, and all of us together as transatlantic family do whatever needs to be done in order to mm. bring to justice those responsible, but also return to peace, to just lasting peace, so that we can focus on how to address food security challenges, energy security challenges, and Ukraine could be, after victory, a very important element and solution to all of this. Ambassador, what have you heard on the ground? H has there been a noticeable shift or change in, in the presence of, of Wagner soldiers after last weekend? Uh, the chief of our intelligence uh, just recently uh, gave an interview essentially saying that, that yes, some Wagners are still on the territory of Ukraine, uh, somewhere in the south, somewhere in the east, but they are not actively participating in a combat. Mm -hmm. uh, so we see less and less of them actually since their uh, failure, massive failure in Bakhmut. And I think, you know, every day of uh, right now, every day of our operations, counteroffensives, liberating more territories uh, have an impact on uh, the, the Russian force in Ukraine. Now, it's still very difficult whether Wagner is present there or not. There is still massive number of Russian soldiers, and they all, regardless of whether they're mm -hmm. military, official military or Wagner, they are war criminals. So uh, we still need a lot of support, but the progress is there in liberating both in the south and in the in the east that's why russians have doubled down on the terrorist attacks mm -hmm. we've seen this horrible situation in kramatorsk and unfortunately the death toll is rising 12 people killed 65 wounded including you know three killed teenage girls ambassador could, could, could I ask the opposite question? Um, are you noticing any more uh, militarization or mobilization? There is a narrative that with President Putin, in, in, in essence, dealing with uh, the issues at home, that he'll be more aggressive on the battlefield. Have you noticed anything along those lines? Well, we are prepared for any type of scenario. I'm sure, uh, again, we have to be honest. The intent of President Putin, of Kremlin, of Russians did not change. They still are trying to destroy us. So we will do everything possible in order to defend our land. Uh, the question is, are they able to do that? We have seen how people in Rostov cheered to Wagner. Exactly the same way they cheered to the, uh, whether true or fake uh, photos of them cheering to Putin. So, again, they should focus on their own country and get out from Ukraine. I mean, NATO so far has stayed above the fray when it, when it comes to Wagner, when it comes to any of this. I mean, you would assume that they wouldn't want to influence uh, internal Russian politics. But should there be any response from NATO, Oksana? You know, things like ensuring that hotlines stay open, ensuring that there's, there's no push towards nuclear weapon usage. Should NATO be doing anything following this episode? 
Well, look, NATO has been very active. We are the EOP partner with NATO. Ukraine has aspiration to become members member of uh, NATO. And I think all individual NATO countries have been helping us a lot during this past 490 days. And we're very grateful for that. Now, all of us are democracies. We will not do anything in Russia. Uh, we are not interested in doing anything in Russia. What we have to do is actually take into account how weak and dangerous situation in Russia is and all of us together think about contingency plans and you know what we have to do to protect the civilized world from Russia and in the nearest term it means having more help for Ukraine so that we can get them out from from Ukraine so they can be defeated in Ukraine and that will lead faster to just peace Ambassador, we really appreciate your time today. That is Oksana Marakova, Ukrainian ambassador to the United States. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.